Hello and welcome to the Script Describes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. We're here today at Tiago on Hollywood Boulevard and we're talking to two writers of a new feature film that's coming out shortly. Um, be sure to check out the Writers Guild Foundation Masterclass with Courtney A. Kemp, creator and showrunner of the Star's original series, Power, Tuesday, March 7th, or May 17th, excuse me, where she will talk about the journey and process of creating and running her show, lessons she learned and more. Details are available on the Writers Guild Foundation website, wgfoundation.org, but first. Uh, we have on the show today the screenwriters of Rob Reiner's new feature film, Being Charlie, starring Nick Robinson and Carrie Elways. It premiered at the Toronto Film Festival and is being released on May 6th, so be sure to check it out. Welcome to the show, Nick Reiner and Matt Ellisoffin. Hey, how's Thanks for talking to us today, guys. No problem. Um, so, Being Charlie, your new film. I saw it. It was fantastic. Thank you. What I especially liked about it was that I know a lot of sort of rehab-type films tend to be either really preachy and saccharine, or they tend to be sort of really dark and gritty, uh, really diving into that. And I think you guys did a good job of sort of towing that line, not being too far one way or the other. You had aspects of both, but not really just, you know, it wasn't train spotting and it wasn't uh, a, a it was Disney team movie. Most wanted Matt meets uh, <laughs> Panic and Needle Park. Yeah, kind of. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about the film itself because I know it's not necessarily autobiographical but there's elements of that as well in it um, so maybe you guys could talk about where the film sort of started and how that all came about well let me go uh, um, well uh, I was I was 20 20 years old I had been uh, not too politely asked to leave college after an incident, and I, uh, I checked into a rehab facility in California, and I met Nick, and uh, I was 18 then. Yeah, oh. and uh, I remember I did a, I did a, we weren't really friends, and then we didn't really talk to one another, and then I, I remember doing, we had a rehab talent show, kind of like the, in the movie, and I, and I did some stand-up, and he thought I was pretty funny. Uh, not everyone did, and I remember he gave me this great, one of the best backhanded compliments I ever got. He's like, you're really funny. Uh, I had no idea because, you're, like, in, like in talking to you, you weren't funny. You're not so, funny at all. You're not life. funny, like, in real life. Right. So I was, he was pleasant. I was like, thank you. And then we started talking, and we thought the things that were happening were worth uh, exploring and talking. And, you know, we thought that there was a story there, and we just started observing the people. and. We started writing a pilot, and then four years later, we got here. That's a short story, anyway. Right. At that point, for me, I was uh, had been like nine rehabs already, and I was seeing uh, a pattern at a lot of these places, which was sort of like something was kind of off, something was kind of wrong, and I wasn't taking to any of them because mm -hmm. it was my ninth place. And uh, I met Matt, and he knew how to write screenplays, and so. I always wanted to tell a story like that, and so when we started talking, we started to be like, how could we tell this? And it really just started with looking at the people around us and being like, you know, that guy's funny, that guy's ridiculous, we gotta put, you know, and we would just take notes on what we saw. And, uh, you know, at first it just started as like something to do for fun and didn't think, oh, we're gonna, you know, make a thing out of this. It was really just out of, yeah, we had a lot, we had a lot of time to kill, and uh, they we weren't allowed computers. We, there was so many things we weren't allowed, but we were allowed notebooks, and we could bring notebooks. And everyone thought we were diligently taking notes about like 
the dogma of you know 12 steps or, or whatever but really we were like someone would say something funny and we'd write it down and we'd show it to each other or like oh this this is a we should this is totally a character or this is totally a bit that we could um, have and uh, yeah it was really just to to keep busy and try to distill what we don't uh, you know therapeutic sort of thing even, that we enjoyed even though we had problems with it we didn't want to bitch about it because I just was thinking about this the other day I remember this uh, Remember that guy, that dentist that was there? Yeah. That, like, there was a dentist there, and he hadn't done any drugs, but he had, like, illegally sold prescriptions. And one group, we were just bitching about the rehab and saying, oh, it's so, you know, this place is so hard and this and that. And he just exploded at us and was like, what do you have to complain about? Like, I'm here and I'm not even doing drugs. And I have to sit through all these crappy groups and listen to you guys complain about stuff. And at that point, I was just like, whoa, yeah, why are we even whining about any of this? And so kind of dialing that back a little bit. Yeah, and, and uh, another thing that I noticed is I, I used to like hate going to AA, and I used to not be able to identify. And I realized that when I started listening to each AA person come and give a, like a speech or whatever, they always had the same, like the stories were all different, but the arc was always the same. You know, you, you start doing drugs, it's great, and it's this slow, almost like a perfect three act like especially the good speakers they give this sort of and they go to their rock bottom and i and i found that narrative and sobriety are like so closely intertwined and to be able to try to spin a narrative that was you know both personal and universal was something to aspire to and um long story short we wrote a 30-minute pilot we gave it to his dad just to four, four or five years five years ago now wow. to see what he thought like just to you know, get to hear his feedback, and it was more. It was just like you know, it's good that you kept busy in there. You know, it wasn't like, right. oh my god, it was this a slapsticky, crappy pilot though. It was not very good. It wasn't very good, and he told us that you know, in a in the you know, given our fragile state, as nicely as possible. Sure. You know, basically, we're glad you kept busy. This is fun, and uh, we dropped it for like two or three years, and then Nick and I met in uh, New York, and. We were like, whatever happened to that thing? We took a look at it, it was terrible, and we saw all these places where we could make it better, and we started the process of write, rewriting the pilot. Just no one told us to or asked us to, we just did it. And then eventually, you know, it got to a place where uh, Rob wanted to take it to some networks, and uh, we, took, we took it to some networks, and... Got know, shot down at all eight of them. Yeah, and then uh, it was like, and then it became like, well, why don't you, you know what would happen if you turned into a movie and we were like oh you know it was like it was like just like in rehab like what else are you know what else are we doing like why not like try to do that and we did and we were lucky enough to get an opportunity to make it and and it was like it was amazing but that was a, that was a long process writing that script so um change, turning it from a pilot to a movie was uh was like a real year or so so it's like it's been a five-year journey from when you guys first came up with sort of hey let's write something yeah to the point where yeah you're watching it on screen in Toronto yeah and yeah and um, it, was, it was great, it was great well experience. in terms of talking about television to features because obviously they're different similar mediums but they're sort of cousins they're, they're, yeah, they're we didn't different. know how to write either <laughs> okay so how did you guys if you hadn't had any sort of screenwriting training, how did you figure out how to, not even just the formatting, but how to make it work? 
I mean, there's going to school for it, and there's right. actually doing it. Sure, and I sure. realize. I mean, I've learned. You know, you know, I, I, you know, you read the books, but it's not really until I graduated and started doing it that I, I, I learned sort of trial by fire. Um, and we just wanted to. We, we wanted to do television at first because we thought, you know, rehab's like an ongoing. It's a shorter thing. script. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's shorter, shorter script, script, right? Only thirty pages and. And you don't really have to resolve anything at the end, like it could be an ongoing thing. But I think that's what was great about the film, is that there was, you know, a sort of resolution, but it was still open-ended. I think that's because we didn't really have an answer. We didn't really know the answer to everyone's, you know, Absolutely. story. So we just sort of started to tell the way we felt that. But see, to me as a viewer, if I had seen this storybook ending, I think it would have sort of ruined what the film was, for me anyway. And I don't know any drug addict that's had a storybook ending. It's all sort of uh, kind of... It's an ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a process. Right. And we, like in, you know, every day, it's, you know, they say it's cliche, you know, take it one day at a time, but like, you're never done with sobriety, you know, uh, until you, you die, I guess. Right. But, uh, you, it's an on, and yeah, so we wanted to somehow give it that arc that you need in a movie, but right. still, you know, like, the end is really, you know, a beginning or a, a, another chapter. Let audio, and we also didn't want to be didactic to the point of like, you know, we, it was more of a conversation, I think. You know, we, we tried to get, wasn't originally, like originally it was more preachy, and then we had to, we figured out that we had to have more of a discussion and sort of take ourselves out of it and look at all sides and, um, you know. Right. And I know that b there's elements of comedy, there's elements of, you know, both of your guys' life's experiences in here to some degree. Um, uh, how did you handle, or did it even become an issue, writing something that was personal, that touched on issues and people you know, whether it's lines of dialogue or characters, you know, I know it's, you know, Charlie's probably an amalgam of both of you guys, plus, you know, obviously narrative fiction. At any point did you go, you know, as, as you're writing it, Am I? I had trouble with it, honestly. I, because a lot of the stories are stuff that happened to me, and over the years, like stuff I got into, I had a plethora of shit that happened, and I just, uh, I was a little bit nervous to share that stuff. But then again, I didn't really care because I was just like, what are these experiences if they're not going to be shared with anybody? And I just wanted to get it out there. You know? mm -hmm. And I think. You know, again, coming from your experiences, they always say write what you know. It made, even though you haven't had specific screenwriting training, Nick, it, it, what impressed me about this and what I think a lot of newer writers have issues with is story structure and dialogue, specifically. And your dialogue was, it felt very authentic. I've never been in that situation, but it didn't feel canned. The characters were all unique. And I think probably it comes from, again, sitting in the notebook, writing down lines and uh, just really having been there, experienced it, I think it felt very authentic, which I think was cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we just tried to listen and, and learn to be, I mean, you learn to be a fly on the wall in those situations. And, um, and yeah, we were very fortunate to be surrounded with colorful characters and uh, <laughs> stuff sometimes word itself, but that doesn't mean, and it doesn't, I don't want to diminish like the amount of invention that, sure. you know, because I feel like. A lot of people could watch this movie and think, oh, you know, Nick just, or me, just copied and pasted our lives into sure. And they don't understand the sort of manipulating of, of real life into a narrative, because life is not, like, life is, 
got no rhyme or reason to it. It's right. random. It's you know, there's not always this cause and effect nature that you need in a, in a story. Right, you know? and you know, structurally, again, that's what I thought was you guys did a really good job of. It didn't feel too sort of long-winded because oftentimes they can, you know, these types of stories that are personal stories, they can tend to be sort of self-indulgent and sort of drag. And I didn't, I think, structurally, you organized it in a way that felt just right. You know, it wasn't too long-winded, but it wasn't just little snippets that you kind of threw together either. You structured in, you know, a very strong narrative package, which I thought was good. Thank you. Um, which again, for, for two writers, this being uh, your first feature, I thought was impressive, because ob obviously you can go awry so many different ways when you're making a film. Um, so uh, I wanted to go back to the pilot and the script. Writing it so many different times, did that help you sort of kind of come to you know, trim what you didn't think was as good? Because basically writing is rewriting. So oftentimes a writer will rewrite no. That's how I learned to write, was during right. the process of it. I was like, not thinking, oh, I know how to do this, or I don't think either of us knew what we were doing at the time. We are just sort of jumping into it and going over and over and over everything, and yeah. It's learned right then and there. Yeah, it was definitely trial and error. You know, this works, this doesn't, or, you know, I remember the first draft we wrote of the movie, we were like, and we were like it, it was 190 pages, and we are like, how did we get here? <laughs> you know, and then we looked and we're like, well, we probably could lose that. And then, right. you know, it was a lot of, um, I mean, the pilot and the movie are like so radically different in tone. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, I try to figure out like what the story calls for and, and you try to do that. And, you know, the pilot called for one thing and the movie called for another. And, uh, yeah. Was it sort of cathartic writing a personal story like this? It was trippy, yeah. for sure. It was trippy. It was like, for me, it was like, I'm taking the worst moment of my life and turning it, and then I'm, you know, in Toronto, and I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm the best moment, of, like the best thing to ever happen to me is right. born out of the worst thing to ever happen to me, or, you know, so, or to take more responsibility, you know, the, the best thing I've ever done is directly linked to the worst thing I've ever done. I mean, that's kind of what the movie's about, I think. It's like making yeah. lem lemonade out of lemons or, or whatever. Right. One of the hard part for me was like, even though the father and son relationship wasn't how mine played out, mm -hmm. it made me have to speak with my dad and talk to him about the problems I was having that he was having. And through working, collaborating on a project together, I really like grew closer to him. And yeah, it was, it was just, uh, it was a great experience. And, like, he had never validated me about anything before, and so, I mean, that felt amazing, and I didn't care about the outcome ever. I never did. I was all about, in the moment, like, doing this thing, like, having a blast, you know, being on set, not being on set, hanging out at the hotel, like, uh, you know, just all of it was great. When I was contacted about the film, I, I really was curious about what it would be, you know. Obviously, you guys are you know, screenwriters. You know, uh, I, I knew your dad's work. Obviously, he's done a lot of great film work. Um, but you know, I thought, oh, is this is a case of nepotism. What is this going to amount to be? But it, actually, it didn't. When I saw it, I was like, wow, I was really impressed. You know, I can see how this, you know, stands on its own. Um, and so I think that uh, whatever you guys did uh, really worked. Um, and I know your process was long. 
and, and challenging, but that sort of um, refinement of, of the film, of your original pilot to the point where you know, it's off screen, I think you know, the, the careful, delicate surgery you probably have done over the course of years on it, I think, really shows. So. Thank you. Um, because, again, so many writers rush, they, they finish a script, and this is what it is, this is perfect, and they go out there not realizing that the actual gem of the, that, that film, what it essentially is, is somewhere in there. You know, and not in that 180 pages, you know. Yeah. And so what was ended up being what, 95 minute film, I think was that distillation of all those, those moments. And I think that's why I think it worked because you guys did such, put so much work into it. So. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I really learned was like letting something go. Like we right. were very beholden to a lot of things we came up with those, in those 190 pages or whatever. And we were like, you know, oh, we, we have to lose this, we have to lose that. And it's like sometimes you just got to lose stuff. Kill your darlings. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great lesson for writers in general. Yeah. Because you get beholden to lines of dialogue or characters or scenes. And, and it's so really cool. not that good. You just got to realize, <laughs> like, you know, to, to kind of just sit down and, ex like, learn from someone else that has been doing it for longer. Like, this is funny, this will play, right. this won't play. And, uh, you know, just listen. Or even if it is good and it, it, it is sort of oh, powerful. Yeah, fighting for an idea. Yeah, sometimes you have to fight. Right, because if there's no pushback, then you don't have to defend yourself to any, right. and, and, and you, no one's holding you accountable. So that, that's the great thing about when working with Nick was that like, if I had an idea that I liked and he didn't like, I had to either convince, he, I would convince him that it was a good idea or he would convince me it was a bad idea. And then if not, Rob would tell us that we're both stupid and this is, <laughs> you know, uh, right. So I mean that that's a great thing about a partnership and working with someone that, that you, you can trust and, and you can be vulnerable and, and not be afraid to look stupid at them. And sometimes you're like, I can't win this battle, this guy's hell bent on putting this in there and so you just gotta, you know, accept it if you want one of your things to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit of politics. Uh, yeah, Although a lot of times we would, a lot of times we would both argue about two different things and then while we were arguing we came up with a third thing that we both liked. And I can honestly say that when I watched the movie, like, you know, there was there was nothing in there that I was like, oh, he got he got that one by me, like, you know. Right. Um, I think we were pretty. I mean, yeah, you gotta let people work and express themselves. That's why that's why I learned. It's like you gotta kind of not say, oh, that's stupid or oh, that's bad. It's let the guy work work it out until you, and then you shed it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then you uh, shed on it. Yeah. Wait for you know. <laughs> I don't. Can you swear on this? What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, great. Just not, it not, yeah. yeah, we don't have any real young, I don't think. I mean, uh, uh, five-year-old writers. Right, yeah. five, five six-year-old writers might get offended. Uh, um, so now, how did you, because uh, Nick, you're in LA, uh -huh. and Matt, you're in New York, correct? Are you in LA? I, I, I moved out here. Oh, okay. And I uh, made the pilgrimage. I love New York, so I'm, I'm sorry to hear that for you, because New York is such a great city. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, is, it, it was, you know, the weather here, I just can't beat the weather. <laughs> Although I can't drive, so, uh, I mean, I, I, I can legally drive, but just not well. Not right. skillfully. Not, right. not, not yeah. safely for everybody Not else. safely, no. Um, so what was, were you living in New York at the time you wrote this, or were you out here? We were actually a lot in New York, I think. We, well, you guys were both in we, New York. No, we kind of moved, like... We came back a few You were months. nomadic when you were writing? Yes, we were... What is we, that phrase? Nom bi-coastal. We, we, we were bi-coastal. It's like, 
my least favorite people might say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As you might say. Um, <laughs> I have said that. <laughs> Keeps me honest, this guy. Um, no, you know, he, well, we, when the, you know, so the inception started in LA when we were in rehab. I can't believe I just said inception. inception? We were just, we were just in rehab and we we're like, yeah, you know, maybe. And then. I thought it was cool running on both coasts. Yeah. And different energies. And we, you know, we started writing in LA and then we both got out of rehab. When I went back to college, we went our separate ways, but you know, we kind of kept in touch. And then in New York, we started writing again. And then he would go back to LA and you know, when I had a free week, I'd fly out there or, or we'd talk on the phone and it's kind of a jumbled mess. Like I would fly out there, he would come back here to, to New York. to make it work so yeah. that we can get it done. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time on both sides of the country. So was most of your writing done in person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it always sucked over the phone. Yeah, we could never, we didn't have really attention span to just. Yeah, you can't get in someone's face over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, smack talk and, and getting a lot any, of smack talk. Lot of, like, and, um, <laughs> and when I'm on the phone, like I don't really, I'm not good on the phone. He's not good on the phone either. And, and Skype just seemed like, like weird. It's like, hey, there's your face, but yeah, um, I see your face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like in person, we can really hold each other accountable, and you get uh, more energy that way yeah. too. Yeah, it's yeah, we feed off each other in person and. A lot of what we do is a lot of stuff that comes is when we're just talking, and <laughs> and, so, and the best ideas usually are not even when um, are not even when we're talking about the script when we're just hanging out because you know we were friends first. Um, yeah, when you're not focusing on it, and you're kind of just letting it come to you, and we're just bantering and like joking, or whatever. We're like, oh, that's great, or something like that. Instead of being like, okay, what needs to be at this moment? There's got to be a joke, and like. It's kind of hard to do. I, I remember we had a writer's block once. We had to think of a funny. Once. <laughs> no, but this was the one time it was resolved in this beautiful way, which is um, we were trying to think of an anecdote to put into the script, and we couldn't think of one. Right. And and we're like, ah, oh, fuck. And and we would go out. We'd have a smoke break in New York, and we went down and we're smoking. And then Nick just started telling me this story about this guy. It just we started talking about like things, I don't anything, and we just and then all of a sudden Nick was like, um, telling me the story about this guy who told me about, who told him about uh, getting blowjob for heroin, right? And then that and 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 I we had that exact conversation, right? But my misunderstanding. Is that kosher? Can I say that? What? Can I tell you that 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 was because I know that's fine. All right. That, no, it was like a misunderstanding in the moment, so it was sort of like what the scene came to be. Right. Because he's like, wait, wait, the guy, and then we, you know, it was like. It was a who's on, like it was actually, and I was like, and they were like, wait a minute, that's the scene. Right. That's the scene that we were trying to write, and we weren't even. And it was in the bathroom scene. Yeah, right, and it was, it was, and we literally, like, when we gave Rob the script, it was like red pens everywhere, all over the goddamn map. But that scene was untouched. It was the only. It was the only untouched piece untou the whole time. Uh, the whole movie. That was that was the and then it came. We weren't even so yeah impromptu. It was just it, and that's where you you kind of have to let go sometimes and just and that's sometimes where the best stuff happens is when you're just talking. And right. Yeah. It's I, I rarely come up with any good ideas when I'm actually writing. It's usually later and hopefully I'm I'm lucky enough to remember it and you know. That's so why you need that, those notebooks, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Now we have like phones and iPads That's and true. stupid crap like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whatever happened to writing by hands? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just just that's that was the cool thing is you know when we would just hang out and we'd be like oh and uh, so that's that's like one thing that I've realized is if it's not coming don't knock your head against the wall just take a break go for a walk have a smoke or you know a Nicorette gum or right or, we are not what, advocating I'm smoke. not advocating no smoke. smoking's bad. Smoking's bad for your health, but really good to getting the, sure. the juices flowing. That's yeah. what your the relaxation. And, yeah, yeah, taking yeah. your mind off of what and you're... the ritual, just of focusing on there not the script and killing yourself. The stimulative <laughs> nature. Of yeah, the cigarette. And the and the the pleasure of the smoking, but also the shame. Gets a lot of emotions, <laughs> emotions going because I'm enjoying it, right. but I'm also hating myself. So you're there's conflicted. A, that's what I'm makes a good right. comic because you're hating yourself, and then you come up with a good joke. And that's con go. smoking a cigarette is conflict, right? You know, right there. So. Just like writing, yeah, yeah. Right? much See? like writing. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite scene in the movie, Nick? Me? Yeah. That actually. What is your Nick? What is your what is your favorite scene that actually made it in the film? That wasn't what we just talked about. Okay. Yeah. And Matt, then I, I honestly don't know. You don't know? No. They're all just so equally amazing. They're, they're all <laughs> awesome. So I can't. Really it's just one after. It's they're like, like children. So you don't want to pick one child over the other. I guess. I mean, every every scene was such a collaboration that I don't feel attached to any one scene. Yeah, we, I see. You know, it's like a, such a whole. It's like part of a whole. But I like the. Uh, the freestyling scene with the freestyle like that was a, like oh, yeah. that was a great that was a great little moment and uh, yeah I forgot about that <laughs> whenever Nick and Devin are together I mean mm -hmm. whenever those two guys are together it's usually pretty special because um, they have such good chemistry and um, and that's the cool thing about writing a movie is that like you have a hand in it but like it's there's so it's not like a painting where I paint something and I'm like wow that painting is a shit right like I am all like. There's so many other people. It's such a team effort that I can be proud. I, I feel like maybe it's not. It's still narcissistic or egotistic to be proud of something. No. But like, like some some of the scenes that you know Nick and Devin and some of the like they took it to a level that I didn't even think it could like you know. That's probably why that team was so good because it seemed like the worst whitest rap of all time. <laughs> and then you know he has this hardcore beatbox yeah, yeah, that he yeah. practiced the night before, and I was like, wow, that's a pretty good beatbox. Yeah. And then, and then he was kind of in rhythm when he was saying, and it kind of just worked. I didn't. I thought it was going to be a lot whiter than that. Yeah, I mean, it's still pretty white, but uh, <laughs> I thought it worked absolutely well, for, and, for white. And we wrote it. We thought, oh, this could be good. And then uh, Devin just started doing this, this, these weird noises, and he was, and, and, and we're not like these guys who like every word. Like you know, I re right. read the Coen Brothers. You know, if you mess up, like we're not like it's like please improv, like make it your own. You know. Um, uh, so, so in the original script, where did this rap come from? We just listened to a lot of rap when we were writing, and so I think we were just like, what if we had a rap in this? And it was always like, not if it's forced, but we kind of just were like, what if they were just kind of bantering in the car here? And uh, I don't know, we just would save lines back and forth. We think this, we think that, and then we just came up with it. Yeah, and uh, we thought it'd be a fun way to get some exposition in there. He uh -huh. talks a little bit about himself and... Uh, and also, also, we'll never seriously, it, it was a way for us to yeah. like, like we'll never be rappers, but it was a way to sort of slide that in <laughs> right. there. Just for Our fun. Appreciation for rap. And yeah, 
because Norman said he liked it, but who knows? Yeah, could have been. Yeah, I once. Yeah, he said it was. It was you know pretty good, but and we asked him if he felt threatened <laughs> by how good it and was. He, and oddly, answer, no, he was not threatened. Right. I, I don't think Common gets threatened by a whole lot. Though, yeah. So no. I think you're okay there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He looked angry when we said that. <laughs> well, then again, he always kind of looks a little angry. He's got an intensity. Of that. Yeah, no, he, intensity. his face belies like how like he's got an intense look to yeah. him. But he's, he's the sweetest guy. He's, uh, he's well, in, in the film, it's, it's very. I think it, it comes across that yeah. you know the nature of his role in there being a caring individual definitely comes across. Oh yeah. So it's different than the stuff that he normally does. So I think. I was surprised he even wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he wants to do my, like, this kind of movie? It's weird. I don't know. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the way I remember we wrote him, his character was way more abrasive yeah. and way more like, get the fuck up, like, you know, like, tough love. Right. And he was just like, he kind of slid in there and, and made it his own and, you know, and we were like, we were just happy he was there. So, right. whatever. And as, uh, mean as Ricardo sounded he was actually like such a nice guy and he put that on so perfectly. oh yeah Ricardo the guy who plays the other counselor okay Drake yeah, uh, yeah and we had to like break it down for him like this is how these assholes used to talk like yeah you know just <laughs> right. that kind of forced way of speaking and this sort of condescending <laughs> I know what's best for right, you right um, but it's great that they were all like that because I think it's easy to fall into that trap of you know, they're all part of the system, they're all... No, everybody that worked on the film wanted to know what was up with, like, how would this person behave? How would that person behave? And it was like we were cops working on The Wire telling them about... No, right. not really, but... You know, we kind of just, like, they were all willing to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just, like, little AA jargon that um, we... It was... Uh, somehow it got switched in the script. It's, it's too long and stupid a story to even repeat, but... Um, yeah, we were we were mostly the uh, yeah that doesn't happen in AA we, we, it, on set anyway. Right. Um, from try, what we could remember. Yeah, isn't it from that haze? But <laughs> we uh, we were just uh, I remember Common when we when he told us he was going to do it. He told us we wrote a dope joint. It's like y'all wrote a dope joint. And nice. Like, that was the coolest thing. That yeah, that's ever a good, that's And then we use that terminology going forward in our own lives. <laughs> nice. No, no, we didn't. No. Nice. But uh, you should though. Uh, we should maybe. I don't know if we're cool enough. Yeah, I mean, I'll quote him as saying as we wrote a dope joint, but I would never appropriate the phrase from my for myself. So, but you can I say Common joint. said you wrote a dope, dope joint. Yeah, I think yes. that makes us like dope. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Without seeming like you're trying to appropriate, you know, Common's. Yeah, we cool. would never try. Yeah, it. Right. no, it would. The bar is way <laughs> too high. We would. Uh, Two Jews trying to yeah. talk. Uh, um, what sort of films or filmmakers, writers, comedians? It uh, sort of influenced you or, or, or inspired you, just in general, not specifically for this film. But you know, obviously, you both we both love Louis. Yeah, Louis C.K. We watched yeah, yeah, Shoot Up together, like before we yeah. were working on yeah. this in New York, Hilarious. and uh, just laughing our asses off. Yeah, we just, love Louis. Uh, just out loud, just and I, and after seeing that, like that was the first Louis special I'd seen all the way through, and I watched with him. And I was like, oh my god, I didn't know someone could encapsulate the world like this and talk about it in such a honest, real, funny way. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I can think of. Really. Yeah, we watched a lot of Louie together. Like, just the whole, obviously the whole stand-up thing was super influential, um, taking your life. And because that's a big part of the movie is using stand-up as a way to, um, 
how do I say, uh, a good way to physically manifest like courage and bravery and coming to terms with, uh, because in, like, you know, in a novel you could write, uh, Ch Charlie has found himself. I know that that wouldn't be a good line in a novel, but you could. In a film, you can't really be like, I found myself. You know, you have to externalize it. And I think stand-up is a great way to show like you owning your experiences and you having, the, and that, you know, that's kind of what life is, is, is getting out there and doing what you want to do. And um, so stand-up was really huge for us. And we've always bonded over like dumb movies that only we like, you know. Yeah, like I don't think you've ever seen Let's Go to Prison, right? I have not. I mean, it's a great flick. <laughs> yeah. Will Arnett, um, Dax Shepard, and it's just that we like these little like movies that no one talks about. Like why don't like because like movies that are talked about too much, we don't. But we try to find the little gems or like right because there's so many people in LA that are like, oh my God, Orson Welles or any anyone sure. they they Terrence Malick, and you get sick of like. Hearing, I mean, those are all good movies, but like, sometimes you need a kind of a dopey movie to turn on. Or like, like, I remember we went through a phase where we like talked about the movie Collateral like every day. Okay. With Jamie Foxx yeah, and yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise, and, and it was. I just, don't even know who directed that. Uh, Michael Mann, I think. Oh. But uh, you know, we, we try to find weird things, you know, like common, common ground stuff. I met like. Steven Spielberg once when I was in film school. Just not at film school, just wandering through the Century City Mall. I ran into Steven Spielberg. And he just started chatting. He was the nicest guy. And we were, me and a friend were seeing a movie. And he's like, oh, what are you seeing? I'm like, we were seeing Beverly Hills Ninja. And so telling Steven Spielberg. I love that movie. Yeah, but it's like, I'm telling Spielberg I'm seeing Beverly Hills Ninja. It just felt like, it felt wrong. <laughs> but he's like, oh, yeah, my kids want to see that. So that, believe me, that diffused that ball, I think. Well, I think we liked, I, I, I certainly like to, I don't like to judge movies based on, like, I like to judge their movies, status. their status, or like what they're like. It doesn't have to be Oscar. Sure. Like I here's I, I would rather see a bad movie that knows it's bad. Like I just look at where I like if they if they carry out what they like. It's like if you laugh. <laughs> well, it's just like what did the movie set out to do? Did it did it succeed or did it right. fail? And I mean, if a movie like I'd rather see a movie that knows that's not trying to be this great movie. Like, if, as long as they clear whatever bar they set for themselves, like, I'm on board, you know? Unless they're trying to do something different and they, you know... I try to evaluate movies on their own terms, I guess. Well, on that note, what is Being Charlie trying to accomplish? What are you, what are you saying? Trying to, uh... I started in when I didn't have any idea what I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, let me try to help myself there. I think, what was the question? <laughs> uh, well, you were talking about, you, you like movies that, that not necessarily are, you know, the high profile or critically acclaimed, but movies that accomplish what they set out to do. If, right. If it's a comedy, you laugh. If it's a thriller, you get scared. Yeah. That's what, it, what, what it's I about. I think just showing a little bit of a different side to this, instead of, like you said before, a really dark rendition of it, or a really, like, preachy, it's sort of like, this is some other, if you tilt it a little bit side, this is another view on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the cop-out answer would say, you know, I leave that to you, the viewer. <laughs> right, to, that to is the cop-out Like, it was just code for I have no fucking right. clue. Start a discussion. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. I just want to open up a dialogue. <laughs> it's such a cop-out answer. But, uh, I, you know, I wanted to tell, like, uh, like um, I just wanted it to be this sort of, somewhere in between, a, a f I wanted to tell a dark, funny, you know, movie that sort of, well, I'll let you decide. I'll let you. I'll let the viewers. <laughs> As he backs <laughs> out, <laughs> retreating into the darkness of uh, no. I, you know, I wanted to tell like a nice, uh, 
like a personal story, you know, like a. Oh, you really don't have an answer. For I this. don't. I have no. <laughs> I. I don't. That's like, all right. You know, it sort of came like I didn't. I wasn't like. I mean, I try to th- like the movie's going to be what it's going to be, mm-hmm. and like I just wanted to tell a story, and this is, and you know, page by page we figured out the best way to tell this story. So I guess all I could say is I wanted to tell this story about a kid, who, who finds himself. In a, in, a, in, a, in a different way than just like going to rehab and like getting with the, per- like we want, I want to tell a more personal side of, because in AA you learn about, you know, you're powerless, but you know, and while I, I see the, the pros to that, I, I wanted to sort of tell, uh, tell that story at a different angle. And, um, and like, you know, this, the characters used to be a lot more like us when we started, but then we realized like, okay, what's best for the story? So. I guess all I could say is we wanted to tell a, this particular You're boring story. Boring listeners. Well, I guess I'm definitely <laughs> boring you. Yeah, <laughs> I can't speak for anybody else. And you could you could cut this you could cut this together. And yeah, cut get it rid- together. Yeah, cut it together. Make me sound good. No, it's great. I mean, it's definitely about growth. I think. You know? Right. And and it's it felt very real though, and I can't get away from that. Um, it felt very authentic, which I think is is. Uh, it has not just in terms of dialogue and the character, the structure, but I like the fact that you know Eva disappears, and that's that's that because that's life. And, Spoilers, and, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, but maybe she comes back and say, "Hey, what happened there?" Um, just cut my spoilers in before you say that, and then we'll be good. Gotcha. Right. Right. Is it okay to spoil the movie? No. I mean, just watch the trailer. Yeah. You know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we're nearing the part of the, the podcast where we like to, to find out what you guys are reading, watching, playing, and listening to. Are you reading anything great? Are you watching? What are you watching? Uh, TV, film, otherwise? Do you play games, like video games, or like that? What do you listen to? Books. You know, we were, uh, I mean, audio books. We played a lot of 2K uh, 13, 14, and 15 14, throughout yeah. the writing of this. Yes. Okay. Uh, this which, would not which be possible. One? Oh, uh, NBA. Okay. NBA 2K, yeah. All right. And we had intense battles. But we don't play that. I don't, do you play that many? No, man. I kind of, we kind of, kind of grow up at some point. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that doesn't up. really feel like a kid's game because it's basketball. Right. But uh, watching, yeah. I don't know. We both just watched the OJ thing. Which oh, my talk God. Talk about something that's that set out what it was trying to do. Right. I mean, oh. It's a cheese fest, but it's, it's, a it's great so, entertainment. Yeah, I got Amazing entertainment. We're like, why is it so good? It's so cheesy, but right. like- And it, you know what happens. Yeah. yeah. Right. And but, you're still, you know. But like when, but every older person I talked to about the OJ thing is just like, I'm like, are you gonna watch OJ? And they were like, I lived OJ. Right. Like <laughs> they don't even want to watch. I'm so it, over it. Yeah. But like for me, I was like, I can't believe this shit actually happened. Right. Like, that's, like I knew it, but I didn't know. Like I didn't, it made me, you know, I mean, my parents were like, I'm not going to watch that fucking thing. Like, right. fucking, that would blew up my, that's all we watched for, you know. Six like, months. Yeah, or whatever, whatever, you know. So, that, I, I, I mean, really get into the Americans. Cool. And, I haven't seen that. Yeah, the Americans is dope, I think. And, uh, and just reading stupid Using things. Using commonly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, America, the Americans is a dope joint. Yeah, nice. They wrote a dope joint. Did Common say that, or are you saying that? This is him saying. <laughs> no, no, I decided to own it. Okay. And um, I, how did it sound? Did it did it go over? I thought it sounded great. Yeah, I, I didn't. Mean, I didn't make out like a fraud. Not at no. all. Okay, good. If we hadn't talked about it ten minutes earlier, I wouldn't have even thought about it. 
Okay. That's good to hear. I'm yeah. going to add that to my uh, repertoire. Yes. Yeah. Um, listening, do you, what kind of music you guys, are you listening to anything in particular? Podcasts, uh, books on tape, or books, I'd see your, whatever they are now, MP3. I love the Howard Stern show, honestly. Yeah. I think it's awesome. It's music. the main radio show. Uh, music, Big I, L. Big L. We listen to a lot of Big L together when we were writing it. Nice. And we try to get Big L into every scene. <laughs> couldn't work, couldn't quite work that out. Apparently there was a bunch of clearance issues, so <laughs> Big L uh, was a no-go. Right. But, um, what a lot to have in there. But um, yeah, we love, we listen to Big L a lot together when we were writing. Big L is a masterful lyricist and... Uh, he's like a stand-up comic, but... He's so fun, right. He's yeah. so funny and like, there's actually this great, I forgot the, the, the track, but the name of the track, but we listened to this one where he's going with Jay-Z and he's just better at that point. Wow. Like he's just, I mean, he got Jay-Z's killed. Jay-Z's like tight. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, if he hadn't gotten gunned down, like, who knows what could have happened to that guy. Right. I mean, he's so beat, sharp. Yeah, his beats suck, but he's a really good lyricist. And, but, uh, and that truck agrees. Yeah. Honking on the freeway or something. Um, and lastly, do you have any advice for aspiring screenwriters or is there anything else you'd like to share? Don't even try to Just start quit. doing this. <laughs> quit. Save yourself a lot of pain. No. Yeah. Uh, do it if you like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you don't got anything else going on, like, write some shit. Write, yeah, I mean. Carry a notebook. Yes. Carry a notebook. Right. Listen. 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 That's a good one. Listen. And uh, don't think you, just because you've seen 100,000 movies doesn't mean you know how to write. Like, because, like, that's what I thought. I was like, I saw this, I can't do this shit. And then I started doing it. I was like, whoa, you know. Yeah, we both sort of went through that, like, thinking we knew different things in different respects, but then being like, okay, we're both idiots, and then sort of having to learn a little bit. I think, yes, if you treat it like, if you go through, if you write like you're an idiot, like knowing that you're an idiot, you then... You come out a little smarter than you. Yeah, you, I guess, I mean... Maybe not smarter, but you're just more humble, and people want to see humble. They don't want to see some arrogant asshole. <laughs> right, yeah. On and on, um, like myself. Oh, and another thing that we learned, is just because it's never been done, because we're always thinking of what's never been done before. Right. Just because it's, ne this is something we learned the hard way. Just because it's never been done before, doesn't mean, there might be a reason that it hasn't been done before because it's stupid. It might be bad. Might be right, really right. stupid. Because we used to think of an idea, we're like, I've never seen that before. Right. Oh my God. And then we'd be like, oh, maybe there's a reason why no one's right. done that because people have thought of it and they're like, that's stupid. Right. And they go and do something else. So something that's not stupid so yeah so before you do something original just make sure like that it's it hasn't been that there isn't a reason that hasn't been done before. right or it actually hasn't been done before yeah yeah right. no that's chances are it has been done before right and uh, you just haven't seen it right. right or yeah it doesn't make sense one of those two <laughs> yeah like I mean someone I mean I remember you know someone's like this reminds you of this is just like that other movie and I'm like I haven't even seen that movie you know so yeah. On that, on that, on that insightful no. nugget that I just <laughs> dropped. I know you got to write again. I know you're doing a lot of press. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and chatting with us. You thank can follow you. Nick and Matt on Twitter, right? You guys are trying no, to we don't do that. We don't, I mean, we have Twitter, Twitter accounts. Don't, we don't really participate. We're not going to write anything for you. All right, so don't follow them Don't on follow us on Twitter. Because they don't, they don't tweet. I mean, you can, but don't expect anything. Well, we'll have links to your Twitter anyway. Okay, okay great. All right, thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you all for listening.